Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I'm honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode one of season four of This Osteopathic Life. Now, the season opener was technically last week on the 1st of February on the official birth date of the podcast on my birthday and that of our guest, Dr. Jess Daigle. Hopefully, you were able to tune in to that episode. It was a great way to start the season thinking about the process of birth and what happens immediately after and how we need to gain support in that time. I wanted to look at that concept and expand on it a bit further here today and then look at what's in store. What is on the docket? What is up for us in this next year of this osteopathic life and how are we continuing to be for the health of all things? So thinking about that and thinking about that time of expectation And that gestational interval is a great opportunity to really think about what's happening. So let's track back before. There's always a step before where we are in that moment. So many times we might be anticipating becoming pregnant. If we're planning to have a child, there may be some pre-planning going into that timing-wise and health-wise, all those different decisions that can go into that space. We may have had that vision for years, decades, a whole lifetime before we even stepped into that preparation interval. And so this could be true for getting pregnant, right? trying to have a baby. It can also be for any project. Thinking about that gestational interval for any idea you might have, for a big vision you hold for yourself, for whatever trajectory you see your life taking. So think about that for a moment. And think about here we are, one month and one week into this new year, 2022. And as we talked about in the very final episode of season three, January seemed really long. Many months, many lifetimes were lived in that month. But here we are. So let's take a moment and think about what is your big goal for 2022? And I use that word big goal, perhaps in a more effective way to think of it as your prime focus. It doesn't have to be a massive undertaking, but what was that key priority thing that struck you at the end of 2021 that gave you hope looking into the new year? What is that thing? And how long have you held on to that? What is that vision? And I can think of a few different projects and concepts that fit that category for me. And so just recognizing when was the seed planted? And when did you first think that this was a possibility for you? When did you hope that this might actually happen in your life? And go back to that time. And what was it like to be in that dreamer state, to be in that contemplative place, to be in that space of possibility, of dreaming, of crafting the different ideas and seeing what might happen to get you there. And I think about this for a particular project I've been working on. And if I track it back, I can see that I've been thinking about this almost as long as I can remember in different iterations. And some of those big goals, big visions for our life often happen that way. They begin in one space and then they evolve. So let me take a different example for myself and perhaps walk through that. So when I was little, I wanted to be a veterinarian. I loved animals and it seemed like a good way to get yourself around a whole bunch of animals to be their doctor. 
And then I became more uncomfortable with the fact that they couldn't really tell me what they wanted and it didn't seem like the right fit for me. I wanted to be able to communicate with people. And even there, it's so interesting now to think about that and why that was a hangup for me and seeing how that has been informing my decisions even from the time when I was five, right? To see that I wanted to be able to be in conversation and to honor and respect what the other person, what the other being had planned. Now we could talk about ways we might be able to intuit or even communicate with animals. There are different mediums who have those gifts, talents, and capacities. And maybe that's available. I knew that wasn't me. And I knew I wanted to be in a space where I could have a relationship and be in communication with those for whom I was caring. And so that veterinarian model morphed into human medicine. And I thought, right, they can talk to me, they can communicate, we can agree together on what is the best for them. And just noticing there that desire not to impose my will or my desire, my expertise, or even my expectation on another, wanting to partner with them and really amplify for them their capacity to know what it is they need and to trust and honor that. And certainly, again, we can look at this example and respect that animals have amazing intuition. And many times we can notice that. Now we could get into a whole nother discussion about domestic animals and how maybe we have bred that out of them so they don't intuit and listen to themselves as well as their wild and native compatriots. In any case, for me, original vision, wanting to care for people, wanting to provide care, I say for people, for beings, right? And then that became more specific to human beings. And as I went through, I began to learn more and more about medicine and that vision became more specific. Now, what's interesting is all along the way, there were these tangents and these exits from the highway of my path toward the goal of being a physician. And I took them. And if you've ever been driving on the highway, oftentimes you can take them and then get right back on, right? So you can exit and oftentimes the on-ramp is directly across from you. And there were many of those in my experience. And this began, again, we can look back to kindergarten. We can look more specifically to junior high, we can look more specifically to the end of high school when that was the original plan. And then I took that exit off the highway toward a four-year degree and on the first day of college, so maybe I went a couple exits and had to backtrack, but not too many and got back on that pre-med path and then took that year off, right? And was really on that exit path and headed into triathlon. And then I veered back on and got back on track and accepted my deferred year and entered into medical school. And there are many instances like that as I went through where it just didn't seem like the right fit. And so I would take an exit and then pause and rethink and say, no, actually, let's get back on track. So if you think about any big vision, any big goal that you had, did you have those off-ramp, on-ramp experiences? Did you ever have the vision and then see an alternative, see an exit strategy and take it only to find yourself pretty quickly getting back on track toward that goal. And maybe it was longer than that. I have colleagues who began their movement toward the practice of medicine and then veered off for a different career, for a different relationship, for parenthood, whatever it might be, and then came back one, three, five, ten 10 years later. So there could be longer detours in that space as well. Sometimes you get off and you stay at the rest area for a while. And as I say that, I can think of a time my brother and I spent in a rest area in the middle of Iowa in a big rainstorm, right? And that's what they're for. 
is to provide you respite during a time when the path is not clear, when the weather is inclement and it's not safe to travel. So you can reassess, remap your course and move forward. That happens in the trajectory of our lives. And so as this has happened, I've continued along this path, some detours for sure, some off ramps and on ramps. And in 2020, there was a major roadblock. And there was a PPE preservation order that closed my clinic. And if you've been with me these last two years, you've heard different iterations of the story, the different parts of it, and thinking of it in this way now of being on that highway and what happened then. It was literally a don't pass, right? The road is closed. There was construction and there weren't any clear pathways at that moment. However, a detour did present itself and it was actually the road to the destination where I'd been heading all along. And let me talk to you about that more specifically. So as I said, veterinarian, take care of animals, reframe, take care of humans, partner with them, help them see what it is that they need and help them to get there. And my experience in the practice of medicine was always that I was not quite where I expected to be. And we could talk all day about expectations, right? And what I noticed was the model that was before me, the way I understood it, and this may not be true for all physicians practicing medicine, but for me, this was the experience, was that patients would come in, they would want to have a diagnosis, right? which is totally fair, getting clear on what is happening in your body, what experiences you are, having validation, having some clear pathways and information, absolutely, totally valid, valuable, and possible. But when I had the experience of reaching a diagnosis with patients, it was often through the lens and the tone of, this is what's wrong with you. That's often how it's presented. And there is absolutely pathology, and it's important to be able to acknowledge and notice and diagnose effectively disease to be able to move forward with an effective treatment plan. I don't deny that. But what I experienced was for me, it didn't feel right. And not that the process of it didn't feel right. Again, appropriate diagnoses to designate treatment plans, absolutely. But it did feel in alignment with the core values and the way I understood in my heart the practice of medicine. And what I realized thinking about this now is the way that five-year-old thinking about taking care of Lassie and why it didn't make sense, it didn't feel right to take care of this animal because there was this desire to have a partnership and a communication and this equitable relationship with those for whom I was caring. And for me, again, not saying this is true for all physicians, I'm sharing my perspective here. It didn't match up. It didn't resonate. And the other part that was challenging for me was the idea that what I was doing was fixing them. You know, this is also somewhat complicated because my specialty was hands-on treatment, literally to adjust, right, to improve, to resolve somatic dysfunction, right? Even there, the naming of it, dysfunctional, and the resolution based on this exchange, right, this hands-on treatment of their physical mechanics. And we could look at that on all different layers, muscles and bones and joints and fluid and nervous system structures, all of those different components. But that idea that, thanks, doc, you fixed me. And that also didn't feel quite right. Now, I am 100% on board with physicians contributing to the improvement of their patients. And like I shared with you last year, we just came through the one-year anniversary when my son fractured his femur, his big, giant thigh bone, right, cracked, hard injury to create, 
and one that was resolved. And yes, that physician did fix his leg in so much as he put a plate in, put screws in, approximated those two pieces of bone, advised him, followed it up. He had a key part in that process. And my son and his internal physiology also was a key and core part of that process. And being able to see the both and, and again, enormous gratitude for modern orthopedics and the expedience with which that healing process was able to take place, absolutely. And being able to have that both and is a fantastic way we are continuing to explore and expand in modern medicine. And like I'm sharing here, this is my perspective where it still didn't feel quite right. And I think about this a little bit like a Goldilocks scenario where it was great. I love taking care of patients. I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate that I can bring knowledge and learning and experience and practice into the treatment room and to partner with them. That is available. And it still wasn't quite what I knew was meant for me. And I wonder if you've ever had that experience where things look pretty great even on paper and in the experience, but you look around and you notice how it is for others. And now we're making some assumptions there, like we've talked about with coaching practices and principles. We can't exactly know someone else's experience, but we can observe certainly how they are, how that exchange goes for them. And for me, it was observing my colleagues in different ways. And all of them had different experiences and satisfaction with their clinical practices. And some would shift and they would spend time in academics. They would look at research. They would spend more time teaching. Some change settings going from inpatient or outpatient or to an employed practice to a private practice. So finding those fine-tuning ways that it worked best for them. And there are many times I thought, wow, they seem so energized and satisfied and content and really enthusiastic about this. And I would often think, why am I not too? Because I do really love working with my patients. I appreciate the study of anatomy and physiology in the experience of the human body and its capacity for self-healing. I really felt all of that. And it just didn't quite hit that note in the most resonant fashion. I'm going to keep using that word because it's one of my favorite experiences. And it's such a great descriptor of how it feels when you do get there, right? When that note does ring true, you know, right? You feel it on all levels in your body, in your mind, in your spirit. And so there I was, right, in this practice, and my patients were doing well, and I was doing well, and I was working with colleagues, and it all seemed like it was, again, on paper, great. And then that roadblock, right? So we're cruising along. I hadn't taken an exit in a while, and here we are, and then boom, road closed. And then there's this moment to think, what will I do? And there was not even a moment's hesitation to say, of course, right? This is what I always planned to do, even when I didn't know the details of it. And of course, this is the moment. And I think about the injury I sustained in 2018 when I had the ab tear, and the only treatment was nothing, (laughs) doing nothing. And there too, the physician who advised me, even though there was no direct intervention, had a key part because that affirmation to me that you absolutely must not do anything and rest completely for this to heal, I needed some external support for that because I would not have made or upheld that decision on my own. So again, no discredit to the practice of medicine and the idea of physicians contributing to the healing of patients. But for me, there was something else calling to me. And as I walked home 
from clinic that day, March 16th, 2020, <laughs> I was going to say 2022, because that's where we are now. And it's so hard to believe it's two years ago. And just as a tangent here, not a highway tangent, but just a separate one, that those projections, right, from the study out of the United Kingdom that said we will be well into 2022 before this has any form of resolution and how far-fetched and how distant that seemed. And yet here we are, just thinking about how time presents itself. In any case, as I walked home, I knew I wasn't going back. And what that meant to me was there's this roadblock, but I'm not going to turn around and retrace my steps. I'm going to pause for this moment while I'm here, and then I'm going to go around, right? Maybe get out of the car and start walking, because if this road is not travelable by a vehicle, that doesn't have to stop me. There can be a new way. Maybe I had a bike on the back of my car and I can be efficient and get some exercise, right? Two birds, one stone in that moment. And I began walking that path very shortly thereafter. And the next week was my first meeting with my coach training program. And as soon as they said, in coach training, in the practice of coaching, you don't tell people what's wrong with them. You don't give them any answers. You ask questions, you get curious, and you show them that they have it all inside of them. And at that moment, that was it. That was a resonant moment for me. I said, this is what I've been doing all along, and it didn't fit in the practice of medicine how I experienced it. And I could hear all the way back to that five-year-old self saying, yes, this is that partnership. This is that communication. This is that opportunity. And absolutely, it's imperative that you have walked this path, that you've driven these roads to get here, going back to the love of animals and to the shift to caring for humans and to all those different ways you have learned, the knowledge you have gained, and the experience and the practice of medicine and testing it out in all the ways that you knew were true for you and can provide the best care to those with whom you interacted. And here now, you can arrive. You are ready. You are prepared for this stage of the journey. And here is this destination to which you were always aiming, but you didn't know. And I think about that at times. We often have that predetermined destination. If you're like me and you use GPS quite frequently, because even in town here, there's still times I think, I'm not totally sure how these roads connect. And we could talk about that as a practice of, well, the less you use GPS, the more you'll have to rely on that internal compass. And so there's a practice. There could be a goal for 2022 to add to the mix. But we program in the destination. And there can be all different paths to get there. When I take my kids to downhill ski every week, we go a different way every time. And we always get to the same point. And some of the roads are common, but the path shifts. And that might be based on traffic. It might be based on whatever fun Apple Maps is having that day. But we are always targeting a very specific destination. And that makes sense, right? That is often how we operate. But what if we can open up what that destination might look like? So perhaps we'll take that example. What if we said we want to go skiing and we were open to lots of different ways and spaces? Now, there are different types of skiing. There are different locations for skiing, even nearby. And what would that be like? It might take longer. It might be more confusing. It might be less familiar to us, but we could still get to that ultimate goal of skiing. And then what if we get more or less specific? So more specific might say, I want to downhill ski and I want it to be this many runs that are an option, right? And that will hone it in on what's available. 
Or what if we get less specific? I want to participate in an outdoor snow sport. If we put that in and we allow ourselves to be drawn toward whatever is the best destination at that moment. Now in coaching, we talk about how our thoughts create our results. And so you can think about which one of those is going to be more effective for you, right? Being more specific often can be quite helpful. And perhaps there's an opportunity to step into some of those more gracious and spacious places where we simply say, I want to have this experience of healing. And that might look a lot of different ways. We're learning that now. We're learning that especially in these times. What does physical, mental, spiritual health actually look like? What does it require? And it's oftentimes many more things than we might usually consider. We often think about things like movement and nutrition. We're thinking more about sleep. We're thinking more about substance intake. We're thinking more about relationships and their contribution. But if we had a fixed idea of health, and particularly thinking about that through the lens of this osteopathic life, that is why every guest in conversations is asked that question. How do you see yourself for the health of all things and why those answers are always so beautifully unique? Because there are many ways to nurture health. And the more that we offer that up to ourselves, the more that we listen to that from others, the greater the opportunity we have to really meet those needs and be for the health of all things effectively. And so back to this trajectory model. And if you have along the way, along this road, on the highway, on these detours, riding your bike, walking in your vehicle, thought of what objective, what vision, what goal you might have for this year. And can you now track it back to when that began for you and what those different iterations might have been and how they're calling you forward to really that more specific and clear space of what is right for you. And thinking about that as well is what do I want to do, right? What does the world need and where do those align in a way that inspires me, that rejuvenates me? And not to say it's not hard work. As I've arrived here, there's a lot of work involved. I work at all hours of the day, all days of the week. I had some calls on Sunday and after hosting a sleepover for my son, one of the other parents was surprised, but there's also a lot of freedom in that. So while I might work at different times, I also have carved out space to work when it is best for me and for my family and simply noticing those pieces. And then being open to what destination awaits you and that perhaps when you arrive to a destination and stay there for a while, a year, 10 years, 30 years even, There have been many reevaluations of longevity in careers in this time and what is appropriate. How long is long enough? How long is too long? And when we move on, what do we move on to? And are we moving on? Are we moving through? Are we expanding into that version of ourselves that was prepared and primed by that past experience? And so seeing that there aren't any errors on the path. There aren't even any getting lost moments. We're simply moving our way through the experience. And if we can stay tuned in to that which calls us forth and noticing how intently we listen, because had I been as attuned to what it was that was calling me forward, maybe I wouldn't have gotten as specific and involved in different areas in the practice of medicine. But absolutely, it has been the exact right path to walk, to gain experience, to build relationships, to know 
to have gone through it and said that was fantastic. And this is the next thing, right? I've moved through that now. And so I find myself still on the highway, right? But moving past what seemed like a final destination and knowing it's always there, right? There are always routes back, probably a different one, right? If you put it into the GPS. And also, it is okay to continue to explore. And we've talked about that idea of navigating versus exploring and how we leave that a bit more open-ended. And to continue to open up the space, to hear and to tune into that sense of resonance so that those key and core principles that are our guiding lights will be that which leads the way. And so for now, being here on this podcast is a key part of that. And interesting how some of these experiences can bridge both spaces. This began in a time of being in the direct clinical practice of medicine. Somewhat in a less traditional way, if I think about exactly when this podcast began, but it continued through the traditional clinical practice that I was in. And it followed that experience into the launch of coaching and programs and collaborations that very much speak to the practice of medicine as I have always understood it logically, yes, rationally, yes, but really more intuitively in allowing myself to tap into that in a more trusting way has been a key part of this growth experience. And so as we head into this year, I launch into this vision and I see it as a panoramic view. I see it in bright technicolor and I see it with much less sense of regret or lament for having spent any time in any of the spaces that may not be where I stand now because I know they are part of the path. They have given me the experience. I was actually talking with some friends about a potential longer distance bike ride this summer and putting on the miles in other spaces gives you right? The muscle memory, the strength, the endurance, the capacity to proceed. And like we said, even when it is that passion project and that which is truly your zone of genius and your mission, vision, and purpose, it is still hard work and there can still be heavy lifting and long hours. And so having had the experience to support you in that can be so valuable. Honoring both is a key part of this process. I would love for you to share with me, and you can do that on the Facebook page. You can send me an email, thisosteopathiclife at gmail.com. What is your vision? What has your path been? What are some surprising detours? And what destination might await you? And are you willing to step into that exploratory phase? I'm looking forward to all that will emerge through the podcast, some amazing conversations that are in store this year, and the continued expansion evolution of what this osteopathic life is bringing to the world. And even there, notice, it feels right to say that. I can absolutely honor my contribution. And I also see that it is in partnership. It is in collaboration and collegiality with those with whom I interact. I thank you so much for joining me on this journey. I want to hear more about how yours is mapping out. I look forward to 2022 and all it has to bring us. And as always, this is Dr. Amelia Beeky with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.